With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the art studio. Well, I certainly had an amazing sort of wake-up call today. Once again, if you type into Google, Hollywood, make your own blockbuster Kickstarter, let me repeat that for you, Hollywood, make your own blockbuster Kickstarter, you will come across a Kickstarter that was funded on June 19th. 2014. I was sleeping on this one, obviously. And this is my game idea in a nutshell. This is the complete thing that I've been working on. Uh, the whole idea. Now, the gameplay is completely different. But I think this is an even better version of the game. Uh, in my opinion, uh, the mechanics of it look fantastic. The art is absolutely gorgeous. The art is just so good. And it comes in how many languages? One, two, three, four, plus Russian, I would presume. Four languages. No, five. Five languages plus Russian. Holy cow, downloadable PDF, all set, ready to go. You can't really purchase this game right now in the United States. It'll probably take a year or more for the game to be produced and then brought over. But it might get over quicker, who knows. Uh, but this, so my game then is basically about taking uh, a you know, Hollywood stars and stuff, casting them in different shows and things, and then you score points based on how well you produce your shows. That was my whole idea for the game. And I see here that they have, <laughs> they have the game already done. Ha! <laughs> Absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, for me, here's the whole thing fully realized, and it's so well done. It's it's not even something I can build upon, I don't think. I think it's just good. So uh, there are places, you know, if you're a person like myself, you can find almost anything. I, I'm telling you, this is a complete aside. But anyway, I bought the game online. And it's going to be shipped to me from Germany. And you can usually get games out of Germany if you want them. That's the way it turns out, uh, what I've found. But uh, back to what I was, my aside was, is everything's available on the internet. I mean everything. There is nothing you can't buy on the internet. Now you're thinking, well, Dan, there's some things you can't buy on the internet. And I'm telling you, you can buy anything on the internet. <laughs> I know that you might challenge me on this and you might say well 
can you buy a tank? Can you buy a silencer for a gun? Can you buy this? And I'm telling you, you can buy it. Now, you probably can't buy a nuclear weapon. But you could buy pretty damn close to it, I'll bet you. Uh, it's just amazing what's available out there. So anyway, with a little bit of searching, I was able to find this game. And uh, I've ordered it, and it's going to be shipped over to me from Germany, and I'm going to get to play it and see how this thing works. And uh, like I said, not available in the United States. I don't know when it's going to be. But it was originated in Russia by a Russian company who's done three other games. And there you have it. My complete game idea fully realized. I was telling somebody the other day, that many times when I'm going to do something or want to do something, or maybe it's just a matter of me doing all the studying of the feasibility reports, is that usually somewhere in the study something is revealed to me that show that protects me from doing the project incorrectly or saves me somehow or you know I've had some very very lucky instances where right before production happened you know we found out that things should be like this you know some different way or something and we were able to make that change so even though I'm a couple weeks in on this project and you know I'm committed to you know it and so on it it may turn out as I'm looking at right now that it just might not be a viable project because it might be somebody else's project already now that doesn't mean you can't have two versions of the same thing or different flavors of stuff and so on I mean there's all kinds of uh, games or people or you know in Egypt or ancient Rome or, or doing this or doing that so it's not like you can't have different versions of things but I don't know you know I mean uh, do you create a, another version of Monopoly just to create another version of Monopoly kind of idea what uh, what silliness to think that I had hit upon some sort of original idea. Now, I think my mechanic, which is not original, is is different than the other mechanics I've seen done with this game, and it's much easier to learn. My game is pretty easy, but that doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> it just means it's easy. But uh, my gosh, I I gotta look at this again and have my mind blown. These characters at Hobby World did this Kickstarter. And again, if you want to go check it out, go to Hollywood, make your own blockbuster on Kickstarter. It funded in uh, June of this past year. And man, is this a gorgeous, beautiful game. It's got everything. And the, the characters and every single card is painted and sort of reminds you of people and it has all the different metaphors and the different things oh it's so cool I mean it really it, 
it's it, it solves so many issues with the game. You know, as I designed the game myself, I had to think through different things. And not only, I mean, this is gorgeous. This is a gorgeous looking game. And not only that, it's in Portuguese, Spanish, French, German, English, Russian. It's it's in different languages. Oh my gosh. I mean, that is absolutely outrageous. I, I don't see how I can touch these cats. I mean, this is like Marvel Comics or something. I mean, oh. Anyway, I'm sitting here painting a really pretty girl. And she's got sort of like that 1950s hairstyle that I love so much. Uh, with all the flips on the end. Sort of that hairstyle right before Bewitched. That makes any sense. The Doris Day type one. Most of you are sitting there thinking, who the hell's Doris Day? But for those oldsters, you'll know who she is. But she had beautiful, pretty hair. And for a long time, she was the it girl, Doris Day. Hard to believe that now. <laughs> Look at Doris Day and go, what? <laughs> but uh, before the, the Bridget Bardot's and the other sex kittens came along, the like all-American, clean-cut blonde girl was... The, uh, the thing that everybody liked. And she was it. I remember my mom just adored uh, Doris Day. She had her own TV show for a while, too. I remember watching that thing. And, uh, you know, we were like prisoners as kids watching TV shows because there was nothing else to watch. And, you know, shows that I thought were even marginally good were not good at all. The fact was there was just nothing else to watch. We were trapped. You know, shows like Partridge Family and stuff I would look forward to. Shows like this Doris Day thing. And and any kind of, you know, retrospection looking back on them, they are absolutely awful. I picked up a DVD the other day and it was full of old shows from the 70s. And man, they were they were awful. I mean, I know that my brain had somehow uh, romanticized how good they were, and man, they were just terrible. Anyway, I think it you know it's either completely boring for you guys listening, or you know it's an, it's enough to keep you amused while you're drawing the background. I don't know. I don't know what the art studio does or doesn't do for people, but I am blown away that there's a game fully produced exactly like, I mean, it is it is my game. And again, the mechanic is different, but it, it is the same damn thing. And, uh, you know, like I said, it doesn't mean my game won't be different or there isn't a different way to approach things or do stuff, but this is it this is the idea of of having studios and you know everybody has different parts to play and what that might mean and and this does it even better <laughs> this is a better metaphor this i believe i think this is a better setup on the idea because from looking at the rules and looking at the way this thing is structured I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. That that solves some of those issues in a in a unique way that works. I like that, you know. So I don't know. 
I can see why it made $44,000 on Kickstarter. I always have a principle, though. I don't want to forget this. And that is, you never want to be first on anything. And that if something is working, that's a good thing. That means there's room for other things that'll work. So if there's, you know, fitness magazines on the shelves and they're selling, that means you could also make a fitness magazine and they would sell. So perhaps my idea of, you know, making Hollywood movies and making a game built around Hollywood and agents and stars and different fun characters, maybe that's not completely preposterous or original, obviously, because there is other games, Showbiz Manager, a Hollywood Car Game, and some other things that sort of emulate this style of game. But again, I'm using a different mechanic, which is what makes the game completely different to play. You know, you can have two games about business, one Monopoly-like and one not Monopoly-like, and therefore the games may have the same metaphor about business or whatever, but they will play completely different. So, however, people, you know, search through for metaphor with their games. That's what they're after. You know, people want to be superheroes. People want to be robots. People want to be different things in their games and have different experiences. So that is a big part of it. But uh, here I am, you know, staring. I keep flipping back and forth between what I'm drawing and looking at this Kickstarter. And everything about it's great. <laughs> it's so professionally produced. I mean, even the the Kickstarter itself is, is out of control good. They got Tom Vassell reviewing the game. They got all kinds of people reviewing it. It's, it's just an absolute home run. So well done. These, it's, uh, anyway, I keep, you can hear me rave about this for a while, but since I just encountered it, since I just came across it, since I just uh, experienced it, I thought it'd be interesting to come on and do a show about it. Uh, because, believe it or not, you guys are more invested in the thing, uh, potentially, you know, in, in as much as you're hopefully rooting for me, uh, than almost anybody, because... You've been listening to me now uh, chat about this for a few weeks, and now, here on January 8th, 2015, you see uh, through, you know, just keep researching and looking and searching for things, and I came across a game through a different game, through a different game, through a link to this thing that is very much exactly very close to the idea I have. And it's better done. <laughs> In my opinion, it looks better done. I, I'm hoping that at some point I can wrap my head around the word different and say my game is just different and let it be what it, you know, what it is on its own merits. But this version is so good. It looks like Mort Drucker drew it and then somebody painted it. You know, it's like, it's as good as like Jack Davis's work at his peak. 
I mean, this is really amazing. The cards and the artwork on this game are out of control. I mean, you can see, if you look at it, you'll see why I went and ordered it, this damn thing from Germany. It's absolutely gorgeous, and I want to understand it. And, you know, if I'm going to produce a game even sort of like it, I want to know what the other games like it are. You know, I don't want to uh, find out, you know, hey, this is exactly like this other thing. But holy smokes, I am, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised. That's the first thing. I have found, you know, you name it. Name some sort of thing. Greek mythology, uh, superheroes, uh, spies, uh, Cthulhu. Name something. Guess what, gang? There is a game about it already out there. And, you know, games on all sorts of subjects. You know, going fishing, taking care of kittens, raising plants, making sandwiches, uh, giving Justin Bieber a kiss. I'm not, <laughs> you're saying no way. There's no, no way there's a game. Yeah, there's a game where you give Justin Bieber kisses and that's how you score points. <laughs> I would not lie to you about that one. Anyway, that's insane, uh, but it exists. So, you know, no matter what your metaphor is, is what I'm trying to say, is no matter what you're into, you can find a game about it. You can find a game that will have that metaphor. So that's what games are about, fulfilling these kind of wish fulfillment fantasy things or doing stuff that's fun. And, you know, uh, there's different styles of games and the way they play. Huh. But anyway, my whole idea was having film studios, really funky, funny film studios, and then you launch productions and then you cast different people in these productions and the different people and the productions as they go score you points and you know that was the whole idea not an original idea not an idea that anybody else couldn't do I mean hell I could make it Greek gods I could make it a war based game I could make the metaphor tanks fighting in the desert you know you can do whatever you want with it it's just a matter of building, you know, a structure around something. But that was my metaphor. And I see, uh, like I said, it's just been done beautifully. There's some other, you know, I I thought that I had a, a good take on this one. But man, this Russian company has created an absolute beautiful version of this game. And... The Kickstarter, $40,000. Wow. Well, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do now. I mean, do I change tracks? Uh, what What do I do? It's a, it's a darn good question. I uh, repurpose this into something else. Uh, no practice goes unused. I've done basically the equivalent of a book. <laughs> but you know, you know what the book thing is, so no use, no need even to lament that. And you know, there's no harm in doing a whole bunch of beautiful color work, which is what I've just done. I think I'm on illustration uh, 80 some here right now. Uh, but gee whiz, 
I had a weird thing today. I uh, I fell asleep right around eight o'clock in the evening, and I thought I was out for the whole night, but I woke up uh, around midnight, and boom, I was awake, wide awake. It was so weird, and uh, I couldn't can't figure out what's going on with my body clock. <laughs> It's like what the heck, and uh, but I, I just literally couldn't stay awake so early in the day. I got so tired. Somebody very close to me said, "You know, this making of games is a much, much bigger thing than you think." Today. Uh, I unboxed a game from the Game Crafter. The Game Crafter is a print-on-demand service here in the United States where you can go and have your game made. And they'll make you one game at a time. Which is pretty amazing. It's expensive. It's like 19 cents a card to have your game printed there. You know, have your game printed for 2 cents a card some places. But you can see it gets pretty expensive. So I, I spent 50 bucks and bought myself a game there called The Captain is Dead. It's a metaphor for Star Trek and other things. And for those who like Star Trek, I think it's a game you would like. Anyway, it's a self-produced game. It's a game produced by an individual much like myself. And that's why, it's one of the reasons I got the game. Plus to see how the game crafter makes stuff. See what their quality is like. And, you know, what it's all about. The biggest problem with the game is the box the box. It's it's not that heavy. It's like a Lucky Charms box. That's an issue. But the game itself is very well done. The insides are printed well and you can see they took great care to make the thing nice and not some shoddy thing. In fact, the way the game is wrapped, you can tell they took great care in wrapping the game, which I thought was nice because I do the same thing when I wrap gifts for people. Uh, I take care as I wrap them. Anyway, the Game Crafter thing uh, is an interesting solution for people. You know, you can print one game at a time. You don't have to do a mass production. You can get a review copy. You can get, uh, you know, a proof copy of your game. And this game, The Captain is Dead, is one of the nicest self-published games I think we're going to find. It's a team of three people that created it. And it's a very, very, very good product. Now, I think this is about as good as you can get for three people. And I think you and I, you know, I'm pleased with it. And it's 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 a hell of a lot of work to produce a game. And, and this is really good. Now, if you go over to the Game Crafter and look, you'll see hundreds and hundreds of games that are not produced as well. Some of them are produced by kids. Some of them are produced by people who can't draw. Complete amateurs on all sorts of levels. You know, from the game design to the board design, the games contain obvious flaws that make them unmarketable in a commercial sense. But that doesn't take away from the component quality and the printing quality. It just means that an amateur made them. And you can see it. It's like an amateur comic book or an amateur anything. You can see the word amateur in it by the quality. Uh, and that's that's by the quality of the graphic design and the way it's thought through and so on and so forth. Now, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's the way it is. So I can see these flaws in my work. I can see my amateurish, amateurish 
uh, things. And so the Game Crafter is a great place to learn because you don't want your stuff to look amateurish or look like that. So looking at this game today, the captain is dead. Uh, it's really interesting to see, you know, how far you can take a game in the United States on a print-on-demand. You know, what the nicest, perhaps, product that could be developed is. Because, you know, this is probably like the top of the line you're going to get with these guys. I think the Captain's Dead might have even been a Kickstarter, I think. I'm, I'm not sure exactly. But I know, I should check that. But I know that the game sells, you know, on its own right now as a game. Which is a pretty big success when you think about it. And even though it's not produced en masse, you know, they didn't go over to China and make $100,000 worth of it. You buy it one at a time in the United States. It doesn't take away from the thought and the craft and the care that these people put into making this thing. It's it's really good. And as I said, if you like Star Trek, you'll like this game. <laughs> so I think this game was developed for people that like Star Trek. So it's interesting then to see the quality level on something like this. It's too bad you can't get good boxes going in the United States. You know, when you look at some of these professionally made gorgeous gift boxes, like you can run down and get at the Ross or the local, you know, Target, these gift boxes are gorgeous. I mean, they're beautifully made, and the paper is glued and sealed onto the thing, and then plastic sealed on top of that, and it's just, just gorgeous boxes. Even cigar boxes are gorgeous. Go grab yourself a 20-year-old Cuban cigar box. They're gorgeous. So... There is a way to make gorgeous boxes. It seems to have eluded people here in the States, but that's too bad. And it's too bad because, you know, boxes are cool things. Now, a lot of the, you know, it rests on design, of course, but you can't have a flimsy kind of crappy box. You really got to, you know, put the money and the time to making a great box, in my opinion, to have, you know, kind of game that somebody really wants to have in their collection. It's just the way it is. So the captain is dead. Quite interesting to see what can be produced in the USA. I have to say I'm absolutely uh, fascinated by that. And, you know, I've got, I must have 40 games here now sitting around the house. So I have games from all eras, all manner of games. And, uh, you know, so I'm really learning a lot about what, you know, quality is potentially out there, not out there, what you should expect, can't expect. Tonight, my daughter and I played <laughs> chess, and she's getting really good at chess. Holy smokes, you guys. She's getting really good. I, I was okay at one time. I'm just okay anymore. But, you know, it's just like her third or fourth time playing, and she is really getting it. She is starting to think it through and, and you know just a little bit of advising she's starting to understand stuff she makes mistakes that's why I beat her but once these mistakes stop she will crush the crap out of me anyway we played uh, Disney chess tonight and uh, it was quite cool and playing with the Disney characters actually made it a lot better for her so there's no question that the metaphor inside your game no matter what that is, that's going to be the appealing concept for everybody. Right now, the number one game is uh, Marvel Dice Masters or something. People love to be the superheroes 
and they love to play dice. Well, you know, people wanting to be superheroes probably shouldn't come as a big shock to you guys that it's popular as, as heck. Because it is popular as heck. That's what people want to play as. People want to have the superpowers and do cool things and, you know, all that stuff. And these dice games allow you to do that live vicariously. So it's so head and shoulders the best-selling game right now that, you know, it would probably be the top eight selling games if you just put it that way. I mean, it's like bizarrely. It sold out last year. I mean, for a game on this level to sell out is just ridiculous but Marvel Dice Masters so it's a dice game rolling dice you could call it Las Vegas you know so many people want to play Las Vegas type games so they'll buy a game called Las Vegas and they'll play that because that's what they're into so everybody has like a different metaphor in the style of games and so forth that they play because that's what makes them you know feel fun I just bought this Japanese game called Machi Kuro from Japan, and it's a Japanese uh, city building game. And uh, you know, you float your boat around in the harbor, and I don't know exactly exactly how it works. I know I've watched videos on how it works. I don't want to explain it to you; it's too boring. But it looks like a lot of fun for somebody playing games, and. You know, the whole metaphor is building a city. So if that appeals to you, then, you know, that's a, that's an interesting thing. Now, there might be other games just as fun, but the, since the metaphor doesn't appeal to me, I may never play them. Some games are pure abstracts, they call it, where there is no metaphor. They're not gladiators. They're not, you know, anything. It's just a game like, you know, sort of like checkers where you're just moving pieces around and playing in an abstract way against somebody. And those games have a following. And some of those games have fascinating, interesting mechanics. Uh, you know, in the way they play and the way they think. And some of the game boards are designed, you know, like in circles or stars. or It's really cool. You know, because with an abstract, you can do all these different things. You might think of Parcheesi as an abstract, even though it's not. But that's sort of the idea, where you're just moving things around, you know, in a board or a place. And So there's some actually ingenious abstract games. I don't play them or have any of them, but I've seen them and I've looked at them. And they're worth studying and knowing about, because that is the mechanic in its purest sense. You know, it's there's no game story wrapped around it. It's just roll dice, score points, win or lose. Roll dice, score points, win or lose. Uh, but it's much more than that because these genius game designers invent these games that have these incredibly cool, clever mechanics. And, uh, you know, they carry the game because they're so neat. Well, this girl I'm painting is coming out really well. She looks good. And I was sitting here thinking to myself, look at all this work you've done. What's going to become of it? Well, 
you know, this is not the first and only project I've dumped a lot of time and passion energy into and didn't go anywhere or do anything. God knows I've got thousands of them. You know, when you consider the work of something like this compared to an animated movie, this is just a walk in the dark. Uh, I mean, walk in the park, <laughs> walk in the dark. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm walking in the dark. Boy, that's a, that's a good Freudian slip right there. Uh, I've lost my train of thought if I ever had one. Yeah, so anyway, it's a walk in the park. I wonder what you guys are doing in your art studios. Are you painting? Are you drawing? Are you creating? What do people do when they listen to the art studio? Are they, you know, are they walking their dog? Are they got headphones on? Do they download like 10 different shows from different people and listen to them? They listen to about five minutes of the show and move on. How does it work with people out there? My listening habits are all over the board. I'll jump in, listen to a show, might get a phone call, never make it back to finish. Uh, all different versions of that happens to me. But uh, I usually listen to different shows, but I don't listen to... A lot of times I'll move on right in the middle of the show. I'll go, well, I think I've had enough. And I'll just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Changing my listening habits has helped. I think it was agitating me listening to people who never got a damn thing done and listening to them intellectually struggle with themselves over that endeavor. And by stopping that, I think it's helped. Again, it sucks to have to leave people behind. But I think for me personally, it's a good thing. We finally thawed out here, by the way. We had snow out the wazoo, no escape, <laughs> no getting out of it, and uh, finally, finally it melted, and now we can get around town. This weekend, there's going to be a concert in town, and I'm excited about that. I'm getting out to see something and have some fun. And the stars have really lined up on that baby. So the last time we had an event scheduled to go to, it got canceled at the very last minute. And that sucked. But it happens. And the good news about this one is, this is like the first time I get to go out and be well. So that's a great thing. It's great to be well. There's a guy I know who makes a book, a comic book, and it takes him like two years to make an issue. And he's on issue number three right now, and I think he just completed the pencils. I think the pencils took him a year. Anyway, I dialogue that book for him. I do like the Stan Lee thing. He sends me the finished pages and what he thinks the story should be and then I take that and I rewrite all that into the story that I want it to be and he lets it stand just like that and he's looking for a tongue-in-cheek kind of 
sardonic, snarky, kind of funny book. Uh, and boy, right up my alley. And uh, so it's been really fun. It's called Big Ass Sword, and his name is Dan Barton. And he lives here in Oregon like me, which, what a coincidence. He posted online looking for help with his book and said, does anybody out there do dialoguing? And I just found him by the most random, random way like this. So I wrote him and said, yeah, I do dialoguing. And I'm thinking in my mind, this is never going to work because collaborations never work. And, uh, you know, I'm willing to do that for you. So he really liked what I did with the book. And I have to say, it's really funny. It's like if you said to me, here's the book, now rewrite it funny. You know how you like rewrite an old comic book with new captions? So it's actually really funny. Now, it all makes perfect sense and everything, and it fits in the story. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's he sent me the pencils for that book today and said, hey, in like a year, you know, I'm going to have the pencils and, the, you know, I mean, the pencils inked and the, and the colors in place and just want to show it to you early so you can see and maybe think about it. And uh, I was like, wow, it looks really good. So I got to give this guy credit for absolute tenaciousness. He just keeps hanging in there and making his book and nothing will stop him. He, you know, take, like I said, it takes him two years or so in between issues. Uh, and you know, I never thought he would follow through because, you know, life moves on, people get married, you have kids, stuff happens and you never have any time to do what you want to do. But he has, uh, done it <laughs> so i have to say I, i'm i'm really amazed so i got the new book and you know he's slowly drawing better year after year which i'm sure pleases him and uh i don't know if this is going to be the last book of the series i thought i thought the second book was supposed to be the, the last one and then all of a sudden we had a continued story running that's per his instructions uh so you know on to the third issue i don't know this, this could run for as long as i'm alive he he wrote me a letter and wanted to know if i was you know healthy enough to help <laughs> help him work on the book and i said yep good news is i'm got my health back and i can work on the book so that was uh good news for both of us i think <laughs> So what are you guys doing in your art studio? Anything good? Anything cool? I'm curious. Sound like Mr. Rogers. He would like talk to the TV screen. Hey kids, how you doing? <laughs> now I'm starting to get it. Maybe Mr. Rogers was genuinely interested in what was going on out there. <laughs> I know I am. I'm, I, I really do wonder what people do. I figure they're doing a lot like what I'm doing right now. They're making art and they're having a good time doing it and they're doing their best with the whole endeavor. Well, this girl is about done, ladies and gentlemen. She's looking good and I'm pleased. Well, I hope all of you have a fantastic day or night or whatever it is you're having in your art studio. Hope things are going well. 
I'm sure I'll be back before too long with more reports and uh, more observations and more thoughts. And tonight, you know, I'm kind of a little bit blown out of the water. Uh, as I've said, because it seems like my ideas, it's like saying, hey, I got an idea for, you know, a TV show and, and it's, you know, exactly like some TV show and all of a sudden you see it all done. You know, you're like, hey, well, that's my idea. <laughs> ah, and you realize that you're not that clever and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. All right, you guys have a fantastic day in your art studio. I'll see you soon. We'll get together again, and we'll create, and we'll talk, and we'll have fun. All right? Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.